Welcome to Minds on Manufacturing, brought to you by MC Machinery Systems, where experts in manufacturing discuss insights, ideas, and solutions. Welcome to Minds on Manufacturing, where we discuss timely fabrication and machining topics impacting today's manufacturers. I'm Mary Bopp, Marketing Coordinator at MC Machinery Systems. Today, I'm talking with MC Machinery Laser and Press Break Applications Manager, Mike Koch, about solutions to some of the biggest challenges facing manufacturers right now. Welcome, Mike. I'm excited to talk with you about this important topic. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So my first question is, what are the biggest issues in manufacturing right now? Yeah, so I think, uh, in my opinion, some of the the biggest issues in manufacturing, uh, I think everyone could agree, uh, probably number one is labor shortages. Also, the 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 cost of material right now, so steel, stainless, aluminum, you know, other ferrous materials. Um, material quality uh, is we're going down the list, right? And then also, uh, then the actual negative effects of high powered lasers on manufacturing velocity. Okay, let's start with labor shortages, which I know everyone is very familiar with. Um, but how is it impacting manufacturers and what are some of the solutions? Sure. So everywhere you look, there's help wanted signs and workers needed signs. And every company is trying to lure workers with bonuses, higher pay, remote work, unique perks like free lunches, ping pong tables, and you know things like bring your dog to work day. But still manufacturing struggle to attract hire and retain employees to keep things rolling smoothly. And despite entry level wages being in some cases double the minimum wage in most locations in the U.S., you know, these manufacturers still can't attract frontline workers to the industry, let alone the skilled labor needed to operate machines or provide quality assurance or engineer CNC programs. And as far as solutions go, simply in my opinion, this job that we're trying to fill, I think has to be easier safer and as enjoyable as possible. So let's take a laser or press brake operator, for example. If this operator is running a modern piece of machinery that does not require much intervention, it's easy to operate with little to no learning curve, that operator, of course, is gonna have a nice smooth day. Um, Modern machinery also kind of creates the Disneyland effect or you get that wow factor, right? And I, I think that can make a big difference in attracting a new workforce. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think with attracting a younger generation on any sort of job, you know, you want to have the fun aspect and the Disneyland effect to what you said, you know, and like the nicer things and, you know, the nicer they look, the more intriguing they are to work with. So totally agree with that. Okay. So going down the list, um, I'm assuming the increasing cost of materials is related to supply chain issues. Do you see the cost of materials like steel leveling off or declining anytime soon? Well, you know, the cost of steel is driving up, like you mentioned, driving up prices of everything and that from grills to new cars to, you know, anything that uses steel, the price is up. And, uh, you know, kind of going back to like the roots, in my opinion, the roots of kind of the issue, uh, high consumer demand for these same marked up products, I think is also, you know, partially responsible for that. It's not so much of a shortage, it's, but it is, you know, um, so there's a shortage because the cost is up, vice versa, right? Uh, when the pandemic started, states went into strict lockdowns, uh, steels, steel mills, they reduced production, and then they were caught off guard when stuck-at-home Americans started going on buying sprees, right? They're home bored. They're looking at their stove or their refrigerator thinking, you know, um, 
that's ugly. I want a new one, right? So money that would have normally gone into travel or dining out soon poured into sprucing up homes with these steel intensive products. Um, plus the pandemic home, home building boom further increased demand for those appliances and that combination, I think, of elevated demand and low supply caused the prices to soar. Uh, steel mills have already ramped up production, uh, but their plans, I think, are getting held up by an increasingly tight labor market. And I also think more steel demand could be on the way. So once, if, I, I'm not, I shouldn't say if, once this global chip shortage is alleviated, car makers, which have been backlogged because of the shortage, are expected to ramp up production. And that, of course, is going to require a lot of steel. Um, it's still too early to see what's happening in Europe, you know, to know what's going to happen there. So um, as far as to answer the question, do I think it's going to level off or decline anytime soon? It already kind of did level off from January 2020 to around August 2021. Steel prices increased 220 percent. And I, I looked that up on just, the, you know, online at the, you know, looking at steel futures. Um, we corrected from August to January 20 percent and it has leveled off and it stayed pretty much exactly where it's at. So with all that in mind, we'll, we'll kind of see. Of course, and, you know, a lot of people are getting pretty crafty, too. Uh, so, of course, the biggest struggle is going to be in a shop is going to be reducing scrap. You need the steel. You need the parts. So, you know, let's make the most of what we have. Um, in my opinion, that's the number one most effective way to help offset the cost. Now, so new cutting edge nesting algorithms can be extremely helpful in alleviating these struggles and they nest faster and more efficiently. And laser cutting scrap can also be reduced by the, you know, uh, a smart machine. Uh, laser, lasers can monitor the cutting process in real time. And if cutting was to degrade, which would create scrap for any reason, the, the laser can recover by adjusting cut uh, adjusting the cut parameters automatically. And in the cases where an operator is physically needed, the machine knows to stop. So kind of that scenario where, you know, the artificial intelligence in the machine is great, but it's not the end all be all, you know. Um, so in the case where uh, things aren't just going to cut, the machine can't fix it, at least the machine can stop. Therefore, you know, you don't have a whole sheet of welded parts. Um, also reducing scrap at the press breaks is another big factor. Uh, high accuracy brakes eliminate the need for multiple setup parts and inconsistent bends, you know, like on uh, older brakes uh, or brakes with less technology. You might cut yourself 10 test parts and then, you know, bend, a, bend apart, measure it. OK, I got to make an adjustment and you do that back and forth. And that's 10 parts that you just scrapped. Right. So uh, um, that. With newer brakes, with that technology, that's not really needed. And with higher accuracy brakes, you're more likely to get an accurate part the first time. Also, the brake controllers and interface, along with 3D simulations, can help reduce scrap by showing operators exactly how to handle and bend parts. And they can provide the right information at the right time to make the job easier and limit errors. Okay. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, so your third point, you mentioned material quality as a major manufacturing issue right now. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Sure. So while material prices are up, you may find the need to purchase lower quality material that's cheaper to try to make up for the surge in material costs. So some of this lower quality material may have heavy flaky scale or pits and valleys from blasting, rust, or a very different chemical composition of of laser grade steel, like higher silica, lower carbon. Um, one thing as far as laser cutting goes, the material surface has a much greater effect on edge quality than any other cut condition. 
So you could have a lower grade or a higher grade material. When I say higher grade, like a, a grade 80 or something like that, those aren't, you could put those on lasers, but it's, it's not as common. It won't cut as good as an A36. Uh, but if I had an A36 that had horrible surface quality, it'll cut worse than a, a, you know, a lower grade steel that had good surface quality. So that's just my point, a little tip. Um, so laser cutting and forming these materials can sometimes prove to be difficult because these materials, they're not often as consistent in composition, thickness, and surface quality. So with inflation impacting the prices of goods and services, some fabricators might think buying cheaper material is a way to offset these rising costs. Is this the case? And does that logic make sense? Yeah, so this isn't always the case, but it's happening a lot more now that steel prices are up. Like I said, 200% since January 2020. And that logic does make sense if some of those factors I just mentioned can be compensated for. So, for example, in laser in laser cutting, rusty or pitted material, AI can compensate for this to a point. In the press break, if material thickness was the very, even though they're both quote-unquote quarter inch, uh, thickness detection and angle measurement can still ensure accurate bends. So, uh, you can afford to buy cheaper material with more modern machinery. Okay, well, that's good to know. And I can only assume that this is good for our listeners to know as well. So the final point that you gave, which is point number four, negative effects of high-powered lasers. So my question is, how are high-powered lasers affecting manufacturing velocity? Sure. So high-powered lasers, produce they produce parts fast, and that's the point, right? But there's a lot of other factors downstream that you have to consider. So number one, can the laser be unloaded in time so that laser itself doesn't starve and become its own bottleneck, right? So uh, just to kind of go into depth there, I got the laser cutting some parts. And on my shuttle table, I have cut parts that just finished. I got to get those off before the laser finishes. I, I Not only do I have to get those off before the laser finishes, I got to get those off, get the skeleton off, and then get a raw sheet on before the laser finishes to stay 100% efficient. So that's a question to ask. Can we do that? Number two is, can you get to the parts, the, the parts to the next process efficiently, right? We got to stack those up. So now you think about it as we're unloading the laser, do we, are we unloading from the shuttle table or do we take that whole uh, skeleton and parts to another station and then where someone will actually, you know, denest them and stack them up and things like that. Um, so can you do that efficiently? And then number three, are all the other downstream processes going to be overloaded? Are they ready for this volume that's coming? Um, so you, you think about the amount of time a part actually spends in your shop, right? We, Mary, you and I don't know because it's, it's going to be different with every shop, right? But let's say maybe a week, okay, from the part order to when it's put on a truck and it leaves. Let's just say it's a week. So then let's ask the question, how long does that single part take to cut? That can vary widely too, but let's just say 30 seconds. So we have a whole week that that part's in your shop, it took 30 seconds to cut. The, that's kind of the, the, the issue, right? So what, what that's less than 1%, the cut time is less than 1% of the time it's actually in your shop. So if I get a high power, let's say I have a, a, a lower wattage laser right now, and it takes me 30 seconds to cut, I double my wattage, it took 15 seconds. Is that part still gonna be in my shop for a week if nothing else changes? It would be, right? right. right. We're, we're only talking 15 seconds of, 
of save time. Right. So yeah, that's 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 how I think that the the higher powered lasers are. They it's kind of a little bit of a negative effect. Yeah, that makes total sense, especially talking long term. Um, are there solutions to this problem? Oh yeah, yep, there are. Uh, uh, two things: automated part sorting and software automation. Okay, so with automated part sorting, the strategy here is to focus on a solution that addresses time and costs not only for blanking, but the downstream operations as well. So uh, our sorter has four sorting heads and the ability to lift hundreds of pounds per head, um, and the system's extremely versatile. So here's how it works. All the loading, unloading, and sorting processes are controlled by four heads that have six different tools in each head. So suction cups, magnets, and all different sizes, right? So after the parts have been laser cut, the grippers independently pick out the assigned parts. These parts are then sorted on pallets the way that you want them stacked, whether it be the right orientation for grain direction on the brake or set into a fixture for welding, all the way to kitting parts together for an assembly, or simply just putting the right parts on the right pallet for easy transportation in the next process. Now we're talking, um, okay, that part took 30 seconds or it took 15 seconds, but now at the, pretty much the next time a person has to touch it is at the actual next process, right? Whether it be the brake, it's, it's, you know, it's grain directions all set, the press brake operator is able to grab it, or even if you had a robot, the, you know, that's an option too. The possibilities are the, you know, the shipping department is the last, the first person to actually touch the part. That could happen, right? And and software tracking, uh, the, the software. So software is tracking and pushing and pulling these parts throughout these processes and ensuring that the parts aren't sitting on a pallet on the floor somewhere for a few days. So that that's really where, the, I, you know, that's the solution to the problem. I mean, and to your first point regarding labor shortages, that can help alleviate that as well. Yeah, I think it's kind of all-encompassing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for taking time out of your busy day to talk with us and be part of our podcast. Thanks. It was a pleasure. Thank you to our listeners. This has been Minds on Manufacturing from MC Machinery. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. If you have questions or suggestions, please email us at marketing at mcmachinery.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Minds on Manufacturing. Minds on Manufacturing is brought to you by MC Machinery Systems, bringing you experts in manufacturing to help you grow in knowledge, vision, and insight. Visit us on our website at mcmachinery.com or visit us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You can also send us an email at info at mcmachinery.com.